This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker, like a torpedo. He came flying into the backfield, going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. So did you happen to check the weather forecasts? for the week gentlemen 117 today and tomorrow 118 is the expected high on friday yeah summer is here and it's officially summertime for the cardinals minicamp is done the veterans are gone the rookies they're still around for a few more days but the next time all players will be all together training camp in six short weeks and with that in mind b-train you played we did not you've got six weeks off the message that you hope these cardinals players remember as they enjoy some much deserved downtime stay in shape don't do anything stupid simple that's really yeah yeah that's really what it is because the only thing that you can do now is put yourself in a position to either get in trouble with law, uh, to get in trouble at home, uh, you know, get out of shape, you know, overeat, uh, you know, do things that that you know are not going to be conducive for you to be the best football player that you can possibly be. So, yeah, just don't do anything stupid. Don't overeat. Don't do anything stupid. As a former Cardinals head coach once said, don't be the guy as far as between now and when everyone reconvenes in late July. Speaking of minicamp, though, MJ, you were out during those three days and even the one day that we had access during OTAs. Your biggest takeaway, seeing these players up close for the first time in an offseason since 2019. Takeaways, just the tempo of the practice, uh, the communication, how they were, you know, running to each different drill. Uh, there were different drills we got a chance to see um, in training camp, uh, at least last year. So, and, and a lot of new faces. And, and clearly, I thought that Kingsbury, you know, he didn't spend as much time with Kyler Murray as he has in the past. They've been attached at the hip. It was more Cam Turner. Cliff was walking around to different position groups. He was on the defensive side of the field. Um, so I thought he, um, uh, you know, clearly after the season you do a self-evaluation and we all have bosses and it just seems like he was more being a head coach and just the play caller and obviously, you know, attached to the hip with Kyler Murray. Some quick news items as far as minicamp is concerned. Bird Gang, as expected, Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks did not attend. Fully expect those two players to arrive and be there for training camp. And then the health of this team is very, very good, according to Kingsbury. And they did have a brief update on Dennis Gardeck saying he is, quote, ahead of schedule. What that means, who knows, but I don't expect him to be available at the start of training camp. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens once the regular season begins. A lot of attention though will be placed as always on the starting quarterback. Sorry B-Train that's just that's where we are. We know that the game is won in the trenches but we all talk about the quarterbacks in the offseason. Let's touch on Kyler Murray here. Had a chance to hear from him. Going into year three he was asked where he wants to grow the most entering 2021. I think all aspects of the game leadership, uh, taking care of the ball, 
um, being better as far as accuracy, just just the whole game. There's no one in this building uh, or that watches the game that's a bigger critic of themselves or of me than I am. So I know what I need to get better at. Uh, when we get out there on the field, I plan to show. I, I, you know, I grew in those areas. Interesting as far as how he ordered those different areas. Leadership being first and foremost, B-Train. We know Kyler works hard. We know he is skilled. But that leadership aspect, going into year three, everyone wants to take their cues from the quarterback. Hey, the thing about Kyler Murray, he's in a unique position as to where he's a guy that, even though he may not be the smallest, he's a guy that has been that guy for the last two-plus years. And now he's coming into his third year. Everything is going to start to come together for Kyle Murray. You start talking about off the field maturity. You talk about on the field maturity. All these things, I believe, in year three are going to all come to a crescendo for, for Kyle Murray. And, and, and you're going to see the best of, of what he is supposed to be in the NFL. I don't think you can compare him to a lot of different quarterbacks because he just doesn't play like many quarterbacks that we've seen. So whatever his best is going to be we're going to start to see that now going forward and hopefully that equals a lot of wins and playing in the postseason for the Cardinals I think we've seen progress you know not so much from a win total you know obviously five to eight but you know you look at his numbers last year according to pro football focus he was 12th overall and he was third in the rushing game at his position now it looks like when you watch some of the film uh, the majority of his interceptions have come throwing over the middle now, we think that Rodney Hudson's going to be able to protect him, make the calls. Hopefully, they can have a U-shape where he can step up. You know, if you watch Drew Brees throughout his career, he would get on his, tip, uh, his toes to throw the ball. So that's something that Murray, and again, it's a 10 to 19 yards, and that should be your money down. That should be your money zone to where you can move the stick. So, again, a work in progress, but I like what he's saying. He's taking responsibility, knowing. And one thing he's really said a lot since the season's over when he was doing the media tour during Super Bowl week, the little things, and that's the false start penalties. You know, he doesn't control clock management, um, personnel coming on the field, but there's little things where you don't want to be behind the sticks. Everything matters. What you do leading up to game day, and obviously what happens on game day. And as far as the middle of the field, you hope that with the addition of an AJ Green and perhaps maybe even Rondell Moore, that that middle of the field is a little bit more open to where that intermediate passing game, which we hear so much that Murray needs to get better at, that that improves. Speaking of the wide receivers, though, Kyler Murray asked specifically about what Green might be able to do for this offense. I expect AJ to have a big year. I know, you know, I know a lot of people are sleep on him. I know a lot of things have been said about, you know, him maybe not being able to do it anymore or whatever. Uh, we don't really care about that. I, you know, I ignore all that. You know, I'm glad he's on the team. I mean, we have a, we have a great receiver room, more weapons than I can ask for. And considering what we've heard and what's been reported about other quarterbacks around the league be trained to hear the Cardinals starting quarterback say, quote, more weapons than I can ask for. Happy quarterback, happy team, hopefully success on Sundays. And that's what you want. You want to have that synergy. You want to have that that feeling of everybody is is on the same page and, and understand what each other needs in order to have that that kind of, of relationship I think it can only help but to be successful and I think for Kyler he's finally in that situation where he's he's wanted more weapons he's got the weapons now and so now it's all on him and I think that's exactly how he wants it and I think that's how 
the front office wants it to where now it's just a matter of going out and, and, and making the plays and doing what you need to do to be successful because they feel like they have the, 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 the weapons. They feel like they have the personnel to go out and win. Now there, there's not going to be many excuses. So if the wins don't come, then they, they know directly where to place the blame. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, they posted a video where he was in, in Dallas working out with A.J. Green and, and just watching him in, in the open portion of practice, which we can discuss. Similar route running to what I thought, you know, 50-50 balls. He's going to be on the uh, on the outside. You know, Hop will be on the left side. They could move him around a little bit. Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk be in the slot, so that's where you're possibly that 10 to 19 yards. But on the 50-50 balls, he still tracks the ball very well. And the fact that he mentioned him, tells me that, you know, uh, more time together, more production during the season. Well, and you hope that it doesn't take half the season, which Kingsbury brought up with that chemistry between Murray and D-Hop, that if you get this work now in the offseason, that that chemistry is ahead of the pace. Maybe not so much week one, maybe a couple of games under everyone's belt, and then all of a sudden things are working more smoothly as far as the number one wide receiver on one side and maybe one B on the other side because A.J. Green, he's always been the guy, and now all of a sudden he's got some help on the other side yeah and, and everything you hear including the new uh, wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson he's really been in, in, impressed with Keyshawn Johnson so all of a sudden you got depth behind A.J. Green you have depth behind Christian Kirk with Rondell Moore now we'll see who the depth is when it comes to Hop. Normally he plays the majority of the game. More on Kyler Murray and his availability during minicamp. I think perhaps the best thing that he had to say, and certainly it was not about leaving the door open for baseball. That was, I think, more just him having some fun. But he did say something when asked about last season and how the season finished, specifically those last seven games, which kind of coincided when he hurt that shoulder, specifically week. 11 at Seattle in the first quarter. Carlos Dunlap lands on Murray, hurts the shoulder, and really the offense wasn't the same over those final seven games. Kyler Murray asked and discussed and had some interesting things to say looking back at the 2020 regular season. You know, my, my leg should be a luxury, and, and it, it kind of wasn't like that last year. It was kind of me having to run for us. And um, once, you know, my shoulder was banged up or whatever, and I wasn't trying to uh, put myself out there and take those hits and stuff like that. We kind of took a law, you know, hit a law. You know, I, honestly, I think it was good for us. Uh, you know, I think it was a lesson for us that, you know, we, we can't be one-dimensional. Uh, we just got to be better in all, all areas, all aspects of the game. Our colleague Kyle Odegaard did a great deep dive as far as looking at the numbers. First nine games, the Cardinals 6-3, and three, Murray 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 604 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. The last seven games, a 2-5 and five record. Murray, nine touchdowns, four interceptions, 215 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown. Kyler Murray, yes, needs to run, but it should not be the catalyst for this offense, MJ. It should be something that helps supplement the offense. Yeah, I think he's made that very clear. This is two years in a row where he's been banged up towards the end of the season. I think he's done a nice job protecting himself, but again, it's a luxury and that's why I think the Cardinals are excited with the one-two punch with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. And, you know, there's going to be times that, you know, the pocket's going to break down and he's going to have to get some yards. But I think he's done a much better job getting out of balance, trying to find the first down, you know, playing for the next down versus trying to be a hero. But those numbers reflect that he wasn't healthy towards the end of the season. B-Train, too many times we saw last season that this offense would get going as long as Kyler Murray was running. And that can't 
happen going forward. He can't be the focal point of this offense. He can't be the option that gets this team first downs and touchdowns. Yeah, he's a great tool. You mentioned it earlier in this segment as far as the skill set that he possesses, but he can't be the reason that this offense is successful. And you have a quarterback that's number one on your team in rushing. That's never going to be a formula for success because that means he's taking a lot of shots unnecessarily. And I agree with what he said. I'm not sure I really liked how he said it, but it is a fact that you don't want your quarterback having to be the primary runner and the guy that, that leads your team in rushing. So, yes, it is a luxury that you should have. And, and the fact that he's such a good runner, that's great. But he still needs to be a guy that delivers the ball down the field to the weapons that were brought on the team in order to take that pressure off of Kyler. He's always said, MJ, he wants to be a pocket passer and doesn't feel like he needs to run. But last year, he did need to run for this offense to do what it did. But to his point, those last seven games, it just it just wasn't there for whatever reason. Was it Kyler Murray and his injured shoulder? Was it the running game overall just not as efficient? Was it opposing defenses kind of catching up? And on the flip side, the Cardinals coaching staff slow to react and adjust themselves to the defenses that they were seeing. Well, I think it's a combination. I think you hit on all of them now the thing is though like any young quarterback they're going to look at their first read which would be hop and then you know hopefully the game slows down for him he can read defenses and I think that's where Hudson's going to help the calls with pre-snap but also he's got to stay in the pocket a little bit longer and let the play develop and again that's throwing over the middle and if you want to work the sidelines you got A.J. Green and hop and then we'll see these jet sweeps and these bubble screens with Rondell Moore so I want to be a, I want to be a little bit more patient. Easy for me to say when guys are running down your neck, but be a little bit more patient. Let the play develop, and that's where you get the yards after catch. And Beatran, that goes back to the offensive of line, right? With Rodney Hudson and the interior of that line providing that cushion, that protection for Kyler Murray. They've got to set a tone. They've got to come with the nasty and and be able to protect Kyler at all costs. The fact that you have a, a, a Pro Bowl or veteran now at the center position, that's going to go a long way in starting that process. And once he gets comfortable in that pocket, now he can deliver the ball in the manner that, that he wants to. And, and now the receivers can respond by catching the ball in. Don't forget Bird Gang, Season 4, Episode 2 of the Emmy Award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan is available now via the Cardinals' YouTube channel. Flight Plan takes you behind the scenes of the Cardinals' draft, plus an inside look at the recent rookie minicamp. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap to Wilson, straight drop back, steps up in the pocket, takes off, running far side at the 40, and drilled by Simmons at the 41. Isaiah Simmons is balling. How you do things off outside of the facility and off the field, um, like going home and how long you choose to study, what you choose to do extra, what you choose to do after practice is over. Um, that's something that I've always, you know, done, but, you know, it, it's just a whole new level when you're a pro just because at this level, everybody's physically gifted, uh, everyone's an athlete, and I feel like where people separate themselves is the mental aspect of the game. 
A great lesson learned by now second-year linebacker Isaiah Simmons as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry, we are with you all year long. Tuesdays, 11 a.m., talking all things Arizona Cardinals as we touch on those two young linebackers. And let's first talk about who we just heard from, Isaiah Simmons. B-Train, we know the struggles that Simmons went through a year ago. A lot of that, though, I think can be pinned on the fact that there was no offseason, no preseason. But to hear Simmons right there say the big thing is, yes, everyone has talent. Everyone is big, strong, fast. But what you do in your downtime, your spare time, what separates the good players from the great players is that work that you put in, maybe on your own, trying to get better mentally, watching film so you can play fast on the football field. That's the difference between guys that play in the NFL for two or three years and the guys that have 10, 12-year careers. Are you willing to do the extra work? If you do what's just required, you're going to be out of the league in a short period of time. But if you're willing to put in the extra work and do what everybody else isn't doing, then that's going to give you a chance to, to be great. And I think he's exactly right. Yeah, there's a lot of big, fast, strong guys in the NFL. But what you do between your ears is going to be what separates the good players from the great players from the and then the great players from the legends and all time. I'm looking forward to see, you know, his role this year. We know that um, when it comes to Zayvon Collins, he's pretty much going to be in the middle. Um, and then you, you could see him line up against um, a slot receiver. You could see him maybe rush the passer. You could see him covering a tight end down the field. So, you know, again, he was thrown in the mix last year, and, and according to Vance Joseph and also Billy Davis, after week one, he showed improvement throughout the season. His snap count went up, and he made a couple big plays against a really good quarterback in Russell Wilson. So I think there's a lot to build on. But once again, he needs an entire offseason, and he needs a preseason. And now he'll be lined up with a rookie in Zayvon Collins. Those two, Collins and Simmons, the team's first-round draft picks in each of the past two years, are now set to play inside linebacker. And it's that pairing that, according to Simmons, can be sky's the limit as far as the talent. But to what he was saying, talking about Isaiah Simmons, it's the mental aspect and learning the playbook. Vance Joseph, though, can have a hand in that because as complicated as defenses can be as far as that playbook is concerned well he needs to know Joseph though needs to know that he needs to make things a little bit simpler for these young players at least at the onset I think as a coach you have to understand it's going to be some bad downs but also on the flip side it's going to be plays that those two guys can make that other guys can't make it's our job as a staff mine especially to put players first and scheme second you know, and to let those guys unlock those bodies and just play, you know. So when you're playing with two young backers, and I did it in San Fran, we had Pat Willis and Navarro Bowman when they were young guys, and, you know, we kind of simplified things and allowed those guys to run and hit. Now, I was when Joseph said that, B-Train, I had forgotten that he was in San Francisco. Joseph, the DB's coach with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. But we've seen this now, San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa Bay last year, having athletic, young, skilled inside linebackers that never leave the field. And the Cardinals hope to duplicate that with Simmons and Collins. Yeah, you also saw that in Carolina as well. And, and that's become how defenses are built. They're built from the inside out, and you start with a, a stout defensive line. You've got two playmaking linebackers that never come off the field, as you say, and then the secondary, you, you let those guys go out and do what they do. And I think 
to have these two tall, athletic young players, it's, it's going to be interesting to see their development and see how well they're able to pick up this scheme and, and, and really flourish in this scheme because I think their level of progress is going to be what ultimately determines the success of the defensive side. Yes, you have some playmakers up front, but when you start talking about the middle of that defense, it's imperative that those two young men are able to man that, that position and, and really hold down the middle of the field. We've talked about it a lot, B-Train, but a lot is going to be pointed at those two young players. But there's some veterans surrounding them. Chandler Jones, J.J. White, Jordan Phillips, Buda Baker, Malcolm Butler. How can those players help that progress maybe a little bit faster and this defense play up to par that we all anticipate it to be maybe earlier than what maybe is expected because you've got two very young inside linebackers? The thing that the veterans can do is they can be that calming presence for them. They can tell them during timeouts, hey, man, just calm down. Let the game come to you. And they're going to be leaning on those veterans heavily for the the mental approach to the game, how they're able to process the game, how you go from the first quarter to halftime, how you come out of halftime, and then how do you make that last push when you're in two-minute drills and you're having to make calls and you got a lot of stuff going on and you've got to say a lot and you've got to see a lot and do a lot. They're going to have to rely on those guys to, one, do their jobs first, but to also bring them back to earth and and just remind them, hey, you're doing a great job. Just breathe this thing out and and relax and go out there and play the game that you've known how to play since you were a little kid. As Coach Joseph said, MJ, there are going to be bumps in the road. Let's just hope that the bumps aren't too hard and there are few and far between. And hopefully if there are some bumps that – those mistakes that are made aren't repeated during the course of weeks and that they're corrected easily, or I should say corrected immediately. Well, they're going to be going against, you know, some good offenses. You know, I don't know if Kirk Cousins gets the credit. That's the Cardinals' home opener. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill's found a spot there in Tennessee. So I think we'll look at the first month of the season. There are going to be some growing pains, but, you know, the only way you're going to get better is, is, is to go out there and play. You need reps and practice, but also when you go back to the film, you can correct those mistakes. But that first month of the season is going to be very interesting, just how much they can retain and how much production we see in the first four games. Well, it goes back to how important OTAs and minicamp are this offseason, even the rookie staying over for a week, two weeks to get some more hands-on work not maybe just in the classroom but out on the field as well I think that will go a long way at least that's the hope the anticipation that is what happens yeah and we didn't get a chance to talk to Isaiah a ton last year of course we got him on zoom and then you know maybe during the year we got him another time but just the maturity factor uh, you could see you know he's confident when he steps on the field just his size he's he's a tall drink of water but you could see his comfort level with this defense and uh, you know I had asked him about that and, and it's night and day for a year ago at this time. He was swimming, and I think a lot of guys were because there are only Zoom meetings, and then you get to camp, and all of a sudden you got to learn a couple different positions even though they wanted to slow play him at weak side linebacker. Before we hear from Simmons B-Train, where did you see Simmons maybe make the biggest jump or the biggest progress from that week one game at San Francisco that's always going to stand out to the Sunday night game against the Seahawks and then the end of the regular season where we did see Simmons' snap count dramatically increase? Confidence. I think he, he, he got confident as the season went on. He was able to make a few plays, and once he was able to, to make those plays, then you start to see him really settle down and 
You can see the game start to slow down for him. And, and I keep going back to the eyes. When you're an inside linebacker, your eyes are going to be your biggest asset. And you got to be able to focus in and lock in on what you need to read in order to react and go out and make plays. Nobody's ever going to question his ability and, and his uh, ability to, to get from one place to another in, in a short period of time. But if he's thinking that's going to slow him down and, and uh, maybe he doesn't make those plays that he was able to make once the season uh, got got to the later stages, and I think once once he was able to slow that game down, you saw his athleticism take over, and he became a different type of player. Played in all 16 games last season, talking about Isaiah Simmons. Seven starts, certainly that number is expected to jump dramatically here in 2021 because, as we've talked about, that second year in the same system. Here's Simmons talking about his comfort level now with this defense. I would say I've, I've made very large strides with my comfort, just being able to learn the system more. And um, this offseason, I've really focused in on, you know, tuning into the fine details of multiple positions. Um, you know, I've taken it upon myself not to only learn my position, but the people around me, just so I can not only be another coach on the field and help people out, but as well as it'll help me play faster, just knowing where everybody else is going to be. We heard Coach Davis on a recent episode of the Big Red Rage said that they trained Simmons in six different positions last year, MJ, three inside linebacker positions, slot corner, and two safety positions. And now Simmons is looking to not add to that total, but at least be familiar with everyone and their role on the football field so he can be a better football player. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really see him rush the passer. Now, obviously, you know, they'll have Chandler Jones, uh, you know, going into the season, and then you'll have Marcus Gold and then Devon Kennard, who I thought did a nice job last year. And I'll give Kennard a lot of credit because a lot of people looked at that cap number, but I was told he was here every single day. Maybe COVID affected him a little bit different. But now all of a sudden you got some pass rushers and there's there's a, you know, a player too where you can let him rush the passer. I know he's probably going to drop back into coverage, covering slot receivers, as you mentioned. You know, I thought Devondre Campbell did a nice job. He only gave up two t- touchdowns to tight ends last year where that wasn't the case the previous year. So, again, um, if they trained him to six different positions last year, I think he's going to be uh, in, possibly in those six different positions based on the opponent well, down in distance. We heard Coach Joseph call him an eraser ahead of last season, and I think they're looking for Simmons to erase some mistakes heading into this season and be a focal point along with Zayvon Collins in the middle of that defense. Bird Gang looking for tickets this season. The Cardinals are offering two Protect the Nest ticket plans. Each plan features four games, including primetime matchups. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash tickets or call 602-379-0102. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, more discussion about the defense, much to the dis- much to the liking, I should say, of Bertram Berry. That's straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Brady gets a snap from Andrews. Falcons trying to get the intercepted. Coming back up the field is Robert Alford. Alford 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, and he will walk into the end zone on an 81-yard pick six. He knows if he's healthy, man, he, he's a big part of his defense. And when you're speaking about leaders and guys that's pushing guys, man, he is on top of our list as far as leaders. Let's hope that happens this season, the third season for Robert Alford in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. And to date, we have yet to see Alford on a football field play 
a game in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. As we walk you back to the Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry as the second half begins here talking about that cornerback position. First and foremost, though, Robert Alford. Two years ago, B-Train, it was a broken leg. Last year, it was a torn peck. I've maintained, though, that each of those off-seasons, each of those training camps, you can make an argument Robert Alford was the best cornerback on the team, playing the best. We just haven't seen it. And by all accounts, OTAs and minicamp, he has picked up right where he's left off, and he certainly has a chip on his shoulder looking to prove everyone wrong that he is, yes, has not lost a step and is that guy the Cardinals signed several years back. And I can relate, too, because there was a stint in my career where three straight years I had season-ending injury, so I know the frustration of not being able to be on the field. And you do have that chip on the shoulder, and it's not necessarily geared towards anybody specifically, but it's just geared towards people who may have said, hey, you're finished, maybe you need to do something else, and, and maybe this isn't for you anymore. You just want to go out there and prove it to them, but most importantly to yourself. Because that's the person that you have to look in the mirror every single day. And when you put your head on the pillow, that's the person that you have to make sure that you're at peace with and and say, hey, did I do everything that I can to make sure I got the most out of today? And so everybody's rooting for him. I think he's going to have a a bounce back year and it is going to be much needed because the secondary is going to be a little bit of a concern for the Cardinals heading into 2021. You know, I like Robert Alford's makeup. I mean, he he looks. I mean, he looks the party. I mean, last year him and Patrick were working out. He listed at five ten, one eighty six. Um, he's physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, it's going to be interesting. We'll have plenty of time to chew on it. You know, who's covering Julio Jones? Who's covering AJ Brown? Um, but I like the fact that you know, you know, the Cardinals had to release him, and then he resigned the next day, and he basically told them, paraphrasing here. I'll play for whatever it is. You've paid me X amount of dollars when I got here. Injured a part of the game. And one thing that I really liked about Alford, you know, B-Train can attest to this, sometimes when you go on IR, you come in and rehab, and you're not around the team a lot. He was on the practice field. He was in the meeting. So he was here the entire season and trying to help some of the young guys. And, and that, obviously that can go a long way with Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan and some of these other guys. So... Uh, I like where his mind is, and, and they're going to need him this year. I mean, they need Robert Alford. Again, you have to have backups, but they're going to need his physicality and the way he's able to press at the line of scrimmage. B-Train, piggyback off of NJ's comments, how difficult is that for a player that is injured, maybe out for a couple of weeks, or in Alford's case, and in your case, done for the season, yet you're still around, you still want to be a part of the team and do whatever you can to help assist? It's really difficult to, to be a leader. Uh, you can be a, a voice that can help specific guys, but as a team leader, you, you just can't be. You can't, you can't lead the club from the tub. And that's one of those old ageisms that you will see or that you will hear. And it just rings true. When you are not on the field and helping your teammates, then they, they don't consider you to be there. And, and it's unfortunate, but I think the, the, the veterans that, that really understand the asset that he can be, they're going to be the ones asking him questions. And, and when the young guys finally figure it out, they can, he can be a very uh, resourceful tool that, that can be used to, to pick his brain and, and, and see how he would handle different situations. Because um, for, for Robert, I mean, I think him seeing the game from a different perspective is actually going to help him on the field. Alford, to his own description, said it was devastating to suffer two season-ending injuries in back-to-back years, but at no point did he ever consider retirement. 
<laughs> not at all, man. Nah, I'm not ready to hang them up at all. So um, you always going to have dark times, man, in, in, in anything that you do. Um, I mean, if you love what you do, I mean, you're going to use that to, to motivate you. And that's what I use these past two years as get better at, at studying film, um, something that I could get out of it that was positive for me. And it's easy to see and hear offered on the football field when we were able to watch the open portion of OTAs or minicamp. Offered is very vocal, and he is certainly, I wouldn't say going full speed, but might be one of those guys maybe going a little bit faster than everyone else because he's eager and anxious to get out there and show what he can do. And according to his teammate, Buda Baker, well, he showed a lot during these past six or two weeks. Those of you who do not know Robert Alford, he's a big talker, a guy who loves the game, a guy who, you know, last year would still go to meetings, would still go to practice and watch practice and help young guys out or help, you know, older guys out and seeing things. So now that he's on the field, I know he's very excited. He still looks like the great Robert Alford, fresh Robert Alford. And that is key, MJ, because as B-Train pointed out earlier, you look at the cornerback depth, Malcolm Butler, Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, there's three experienced guys. And then, well, you've got Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan, two young players, and then the added dark was Denard, so four veterans. But the question is, you know, that young talent out there as far as Gowan and Wilson, can they make a jump forward to where this team is not looking for cornerback help come training camp? Well, the way I look at it is, I mean, how many corners are you going to keep? Is it four or five? I, I think, you know, I, st- I think the Cardinals will add a tight end and they could look at a, a backup running back. I, You never say you're satisfied, but I think they like what they have in that room right now. you got a mixture of young guys. And we're going to get into Byron Murphy because, according to Vance, he was their best corner last year. Nothing against Patrick Peterson and some of the other guys out there, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I think Byron Murphy's been throwing the mix, but the fact is he told us he can play inside and outside, which Marco Wilson can do that, uh, Denard can do that, so that gives us a flexibility. But, you know, Alford to me is an outside guy, and then Malcolm Butler's an outside guy. So now all of a sudden you can, you know, utilize their, their skill set because Malcolm Butler's got a ton of starts in his career, good at press coverage at the line, and the way Alford's built – he should be able to, you know, hold his um, his own there on the outside. Well, let's touch on Murphy. It was a question about the cornerback depth, and immediately Vance Joseph singled out one player before talking about anyone else in that cornerback's room. I think it starts with Murphy. You know, I mean, he's been the mainstay for three years, but he's played a lot of snaps, and you can see his growth. He's so much more comfortable. He's growing into his body. He's working. He knows the system. Um, he can be a special player for us, and he can be one of our better players on defense. Last season, Murphy matched a team high with eight passes defense. He was part of the game winners at San Francisco and against the Eagles. B-Train, he is, I think, still young, but I guess when you're getting into year three and we're talking about going into four and five, that that's not a lot of time, but in the NFL, that's a long, long time. For most guys, that's a career, and so it's time. It's time for him to take that next step, and you, you have – a certain amount of time to before organizations and, and the, the league as a whole start to categorize you. And I think for Byron, this is the time to really start to separate himself and, and become one of those top-flight cornerbacks. And if it's not now, then it never will be. And you'll forever be a guy that is situational. And, and uh, I don't think that he thinks of himself that way. The Cardinals don't look at him in that way. 
And I think it's just a matter of him going out and making sure that he leaves no doubt that he can be a top-flight corner and a guy that can be counted on each and every play to hold down whatever assignment he's been given. Same draft class as Kyler Murray, yet we talk about Murray going into year three. How about Murphy, MJ, going into year three? Yeah, I think sky's the limit. I mean, he like like uh, Vance has said, he was thrown there from day one. He's got a ton of reps. I mean, I always go back to a couple years ago, he was covering Julio Jones, and that's not an easy matchup, and maybe he'll get a chance to cover him in week one. But, yeah, I mean, as B-Train said, really the average career for an NFL player is three years. Um but he takes care of his body. You could see he works out a lot uh, uh, in the offseason based on his social media. So, um, you know, some guys want to be good. Some guys want to be great. I think he wants to be great, but you got to go through the process first. We'll know more as this team gets into training camp as far as the depth and are they satisfied with the depth at cornerback. But, again, I'll go back to Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, Darquez, Denard, and Byron Murphy. Those are four players with some solid experience and then the question becomes, does a Marco Wilson or Tay Gowan take that step and say, hey, you know, don't forget about me as well. We know we're going to have a role on special teams talking about those young players, but they can they play corner as well. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. When we come back, switch gears to the offense and the running game. Not Kyler Murray's legs, but how about Chase Edmonds and James Conner? That's straight ahead. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. It's a run play right side. Big hole Edmonds, 25-20, 10-5 touchdown. The inside zone being run, and Chase Edmonds found the hole and to the house, baby. Gives it to Connor, sweeps the left side, got a block at the 10. Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line, and in for the touchdown. James Connor. Explosive, just the weapons that we have. Chase doing his thing already, and so, you know, watching film, I'm like, man, this dude, he can, he can ball, and I want to, you know, learn from him, be a part of it, get to work with him. You know, ain't no telling. I can't predict nothing, but I know what I can guarantee is I'm going to come in here and work day in and day out, put my head down and grind, and, you know, I'm in it for the long haul, so 17-game season, I'm looking forward to it. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, that one-two punch in the backfield. You heard from Conner there during his introductory press conference, signing with the Cardinals after four seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now to see what Conner can do alongside a Chase Edmonds. I don't think, MJ, we're going to see one running back get the bulk of the carries. I think a lot of it is going to do in part to kind of see maybe ride the hot hand, if you will, but I do think because Edmonds and Conner do things differently, and they're two different kind of running backs that there is a way to get these two enough carries to one where they're both satisfied and in two they're both effective you look at chase 5'9 210 you look at james connor he wears number six he's 6'1 233 so i do think you know i think chase evans will be your your base offense back but then change of pace and then short yardage situations that's where connor's going to come in and that's why they you know, have invested in the offensive line, making the trade for Rodney Hudson. I mean, this team wants to run the football, win at the line of scrimmage. But at some point, you know, if this team can get a lead in the fourth quarter, Connor's the perfect back to kind of drain the clock and move the sticks and all that. But I think it's going to be a one-two punch. But I do think Chase 
will get more touches because I think he's more effective in the passing game too. He started only two games last season, talking about Chase Edmonds, averaged 4.6 yards per carry. He's going to be getting every opportunity this season, be trained to be that guy. He knows it. Now it's the up to him to kind of go out and execute. It really is, and I think he's waited for this opportunity, and he always felt that he could be this type of back, and they're going to give him that opportunity. And I love the versatility that you guys have spoken about between he and James Conner. They are two different backs, and uh, it it makes your offense that much more diverse, and and you can do different things when each guy is in the backfield. So I think there's going to be times where you see them both in the backfield. And I think – when you start talking about the passing game, uh, both can, can catch the ball out of the backfield, so that, that's not going to be a big issue. And, and it's just a matter of what play suits what person and, and, and what guy is, is playing at a high level. You don't want to take a guy out that's, that's, that's having success. So uh, this just gives you a, a few more options, if you will, if you're Coach Kingsbury and you're Kyler Murray as far as weapons to get the ball to. And we know that, you know, Kyler Murray doesn't get under center and, you know, third and two, third and three, uh, fourth and one. You know, you don't have to run that read option. You don't have to be in the pistol. You can just hand the ball off and you can directly snap it to one of these guys. But I think Connor's going to be their short yardage guy. And to B Train's point about catching the ball out of the backfield, last season, Edmonds, 53 catches. Connor has averaged 41 catches over the past three seasons. So both very capable in that parts of the running back running back game as far as not just running with the football, but catching the football as well. The man in charge of the running backs, James Saxon, last week on the Big Red Rage, talked about Chase Edmonds and getting that start as far as now the ball will be in his hands more often than not. Probably one of the smartest guys we've ever been around. The guy's uh, not only a phenomenal above-the-neck person and just a personable human, he's an excellent athlete. And the guy's got self-confidence It's just that just oozes out of him. Everybody around that, the building just kind of gravitates toward him, and uh, it's good for our team. You could see that the moment that Chase Edmonds walked into the building and was selected by the Cardinals. He's always had that personality, that smile on his face. Different maybe when you get on the football field and you you know, lower the pads, if you will, a la like Ron Wolfley likes to say, for someone to hit. So I do think Chase Edmonds, a big spotlight will be on him. And then, of course, James Conner and the relationship, the connection that Conner has with James Saxon. The two were together for two seasons in Pittsburgh when Connor's first two seasons in the league. James Saxon discussed that, getting reunited with James Connor. You know, this guy is a pro. It's been fun. You know, it was fun to be around him for the first two years in the league, and then it was fun watching him from afar. And, you know, just to get a chance to be back around that guy, you know, there's no words I can use to describe, you know, how I feel about that kid. Can he catch the ball? Is he a threat out of the backfield to catch the ball? Yeah, I mean, but I don't think you want to ask an elephant (laughs) to, you know, ride in a sailboat. (laughs) (laughs) Great metaphor there from James Saxon. Again, that was recently on the Big Red Rage. Connor's best season as a pro B-trained 2018. He was named to the Pro Bowl. His running backs coach, James Saxon. I think that connection being reunited here with the Cardinals will pay off dividends. It absolutely will, because he knows 
what he's able to do and, and, and what he's able to do really well. And the fact that he had success with him, that's going to give him all the confidence that he can go back and do it again. And vice versa with Coach, he, he knows how to push those buttons and he can really relay that information to not only the offensive coaches, but also to Kyler Murray and, and remind James Conner that, hey, once upon a time, you were considered one of the top backs in the entire NFL by your peers. So, Remember that and go out there and, and play. And, and when your number's called, do what you know how to do. And uh, everybody knows the story about him overcoming, uh, you know, personal issues and, and, and illnesses and all that kind of stuff and, and able to, to uh, still be a productive uh, player in the NFL. So there, there are very few people that don't root for James Conner off the field. We're all rooting for him because he's a good person. But we're mostly rooting for him because we know he's a good player. We give him the opportunity; he can make some things happen. Going back to 2018, he played in 13 games, 215 uh, attempts. He had 973 yards, 4.5. He did have 12 rushing touchdowns, and he had 20 plus yards um, nine different times. So when he gets to that second layer, because of his size, six one two thirty three, he can break tackles when it comes to those DBs. Well, and we know that this team is good at running the football. Last season, eighth best in the league at 4.7 yards per carry, seventh best in the league overall at almost 140 yards per game. So this team has shown the ability to run the football. It's just being a bit more efficient throughout the entire season because it did certainly dip late in the year. Yeah, 22 rushing touchdowns. Uh, I want to say Kyler Murray had 11, Kenyon Drake had 10, and then Chase Edmonds had 1. So those numbers will obviously be much different this season. B-Train, I'd say uh, get out of town, but uh, we need you back next week for another edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report, but uh, try, to, try to stay cool here over the next several days. You know, I'm going to stay in shape and not do anything stupid myself. You know, giving that advice to the guys on the team, on the team I'm going to take my own advice. How about that? No wow. shoes. No shoes weekend. No that, shoes, baby. You already know. That works. Special <laughs> thanks to Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, for Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki. I'm Greg Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.